And Embiid is down. Joel Embiid is down on the ground. Now, this will be the end of his night. He looks like he is in a great deal of pain here. Excellent defense by Kuminga. Oh, I was right there. Landed right on his leg, probably hyperextended. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, we're finding out it's going to be more than just a hyperextended for Joel Embiid. Breaking news from the NBA, Joel Embiid has an injured meniscus in his left knee. At this point now, everything comes down to timetable, treatment, how they're going to do it. Uh, there's no real guy's uh, example or like uh, true like information in terms of how long he's going to be out. It depends on how it's going to go. The reality of this is Joel Embiid could could depending on what this is miss months it could be weeks depending on what it you know how how they how they deal with this i just i can't believe we're at this point now we've talked for really the last couple of seasons about how joel Embiid has essentially stayed relatively healthy and now we're back to this situation again huge blow to the mvp race because clearly he's not playing 65 games huge blow to the sixers as well yeah i mean it's it's disgusting because I think there was an it was a lose lose situation where there's a lot of people saying he was ducking these matchups. When let's be real, Joel Embiid's never been able to play 65 games. He's even if there was, you know, that that mandate on him from his rookie season, he's just not a healthy guy. He, his body does not allow him to do that. So the pressure of the the mandate I think got to him, and now no more Embiid for a while. Yeah, and. And, like, the thing about that is, like, if he was able to play 65, 70 games, 80 games, then he would have been the number one overall pick, right? Like, there were concerns mm -hmm. when he was coming out of Kansas, and that's why we were talking Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins. It's just going to be interesting to see what they do, you know, if it's a shave, if you have it removed. Like, if he was more towards the end of his career, maybe you just have it removed to get on the court earlier, like Dwayne Wade did when he was at Marquette. You know, I remember, like, being in Chicago, obviously a big Bulls fan, after Derek tore the ACL. Uh, Derek Rose, he had the meniscus tear. And I remember like a bunch of hardos calling into sports talk radio stations, <laughs> just asking for him to have it removed. And I think at the time he was like 24, 25 years old. So I didn't really understand that. I was just begging for like 10 more years of Derek Rose. And that's when uh, I think his camp elected, obviously, just to have it shaved. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Embiid's also a big dude, man. Like he's a big guy. So um, mm -hmm. hopefully they just get him back on the court. But I mean, you know, you don't want to shorten his career, but devastating injury news, especially if you have the Embiid MVP tickets. Yeah, and if you're looking at the MVP race now, Jokic is minus 145 over a bet MGM. Uh, SGA's plus 275. Lucas 5 to 1. Giannis 8. And then Tatum all the way down there at 40 to 1. We bring on MSG's Sean Little now with this breaking news. And I'll just keep it simple here for you, man. Your reaction to this, what's going to happen now for the Sixers moving forward and Joel Embiid? Yeah, first things first. To, to talk through what you guys are already saying about just how they're going to handle the injury. Always look out for yourself, Joel Embiid, in his camp. Do whatever is best for him. You have to put the Sixers and the Sixers fans on, on ice. Do whatever is best for you. There's so many stories across the league of guys trying to rush back, especially off of meniscus. You can even look at Isaiah Thomas trying to do what was best for the Celtics, and then he went from backing up the Brinks truck to not getting a deal ever and then being out of the league shortly after that. Robert Tom Lord Williams, we just talked about him right before we came on. He ended up getting that meniscus cut out. He was never the same guy trying to rush back and be the team player. Do whatever's best for you, your family, 
and and protect yourself. But this is a big change in landscape in the East, of course. The Knicks were already playing really good ball. Uh, this is good news for them, the the Cavaliers. Let's just let's just be real. That's how it's going to be viewed from a lot of fan bases across the league. But massive if you're holding an MVP ticket for Joel Embiid. Looks like that's going to be done and dusted. But hopefully he just gets back good and he can get back before the playoffs and still potentially make some noise. But as I mentioned, do whatever's best for Joel Embiid. That's number one. What do you think this means now for the Knicks in general? Like we talked about this with you when the OG and Obi trade came down to begin with, but I think it's even better than we thought, especially Dante DiVincenzo stepping up the team playing even better defensively without Julius Randle, just like overall takes on best rotations for Knicks, what they can be, especially with this news. This means for me that the Knicks could have potential to be the number two in the East. They're 14 and two, their last 16 and 13 and three against the spread in their last 16. They are winning and covering numbers and doing it with now missing guys in the lineup. They've been fortunate a bit the last couple games Uh, They had a game against Charlotte. That's the worst team in basketball for me. And then they caught the Jazz at home uh, on their sixth game in a row on the road. But Dante DiVincenzo had two massive games back-to-back. It's been whoever whoever needs to step up, next man up. As we know, Tom Thibodeau, that's his mantra anyway. And that's exactly what's been going on. These guys love to play with each other. Dante, Josh Hart, Brunson, of course, who should be named potentially here for the All-Star game shortly. But – it means that they have a real shot at the two seed because we've seen what Milwaukee has done here. They're still trying to get things figured out. They just went to Doc Rivers. It's been a little choppy early to start. We saw what happened in Portland last night. That was a big emotional game as well. But to answer the question, it means the Knicks have a real chance in my eyes to be the number two seed in the East. So I'm looking at the uh, updated MVP odds over at BetMGM right now, and obviously MB nowhere to be found here. And so Jokic now the favorite, minus 145, as he was today. Shea's plus 275, Luka down to 5-1, to one, Giannis 8-1, to one, Jason Tatum 40-1. to one. You know, is there a value play, or if you were looking to play that market, you know, who would you have circled? Yeah, SGA. The guy is absolutely sensational, and I think they're going to be a one or two team in the West when, they, when it's all said and done up there with Minnesota potentially. This is a thing where we're in the Jokic-LeBron years where we could give the MVP to Jokic every single year. We could have gave it to him last year. When we start breaking down the numbers towards the end of the year and how much he means to them on, off the court, it's going to be like, yeah, we could give this to Jokic, similar to those years with LeBron where, look, bro, we don't even have to have a conversation. LeBron James is the most valuable player in the NBA. Those years with the Cavs, it was just – it was easy. We could have been giving them that award every single year. That's where we're at with Jokic. So, I think the play here would be to back SGA at that price over at BetMGM. He's going to continue to score 30 a night. He's going to continue to improve the guys around him. And he's going to get a little help from Jalen Williams in the fourth quarter, who's been one of the best fourth quarter players in the NBA. They're going to be a very, very tough out in the West. They're going to be top one, top two seed in the West. Now, when it comes down to it, when the voters, when it's all said and done, if, say, Denver's four and Oklahoma City is two, is that going to be enough to vote for SGA over Jokic? Because the, the numbers for Jokic impactful are going to be there. The, the estimated plus minus is going to be in, insane for him. But the numbers for SGA are going to be – right in that 36 and six range and his team's going to be number two it's going to depend in it's going to come down to if you believe 
the numbers are just too overwhelmingly impactful for Jokic not to give it to him. Sean, we know that Luka is obviously putting up MVP numbers this year, but it's unlike rookie of the year. You got to actually like win games as a team for somebody to really be considered. You know, I'm thinking back to like Russell Westbrook when the Thunder were a six seed, but he averaged a triple double. So, you know, that was a really unique season where he was able to win the MVP, even though they were the sixth seed in the Western Conference. What would it take for Luka to really climb into this race? I mean, we point out the fact that he's sitting there at five to one right now, but in reality, I mean, this team's fighting for just a play in spot right now with Kyrie Irving nowhere to be seen for the Mavs. Yeah, and if you go back and look at their early success to start the year, they had the softest schedule in the NBA. As soon as it started to get, as soon as they started to play the upper echelon, the cream of the crop of the league, they started to drop a lot of games. It's going to come down to getting wins. When Luka can propel that team to 55-plus type wins consistently, then it's going to be, because he's going to have to be taken seriously for an MVP because we're talking about a prolific score. We know he can do that. That hasn't been able to get it done. If that's what it was all about, he'd already have one. It's going to have to be wins, and they have to shape out that roster and, and figure it out. The, the Kyrie addition was always suspect in my eyes. There, there's a lot of different questions in Dallas and how they want to go about handling Luka in that situation, and it'll actually come down to how Luka wants to handle it and where he wants to be and if it's kind of curtains on the situation in Dallas. But, yes, when you're the MVP, you have to win – and put up monster numbers and get everybody involved and be very impactful. And Luca just hasn't been able to get the W's. And and let's be fair, in a very tough Western conference that he's been in since the start of his career. See, because it's the NBA, what you said is what I was thinking. At what point do you think, and this is obviously all speculation, do we start hearing rumblings about Luca getting tired of playing in Dallas with that situation? Very soon. I believe very soon. We saw the Kristaps uh, Porzingis experiment. That didn't work. we now on the Kyrie experiment. That's not necessarily working. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a, a okay running buddy, I guess, but it's just not going to be enough. I think very, very soon, soon as next year, I believe I could see Luka trying to figure out a way to get somewhere else to be impactful. If you look around the league, you don't want to end up like Dame Lillard. I know that that's Tristan's guy. You don't want, you don't want to be that. Because he messed up a lot of years and wasted a lot of years in Portland by just the, the, the Western Conference Finals run for the Blazers tricked him into staying for a handful of years. And it's similar case with the, the Dallas Mavericks. Luka got an early couple playoff series wins, and then now he's thinking, oh, maybe this is the right place. Maybe I can push it. And they've taken multiple bites at the apple and haven't been able to get real guys around him to get it done. I could see him looking to be moving on here out of Dallas by next year, in my honest opinion. No no shade, uh, but big shade. That's kind of what happens, Sean, when you hire somebody who's been working for Nike as a shoe guy for the athletes and you make him your GM. It doesn't feel like he knows how to put together a roster like some others, like even Danny Ainge in the business. Uh, I would be remiss to not get your reaction to what we're seeing from Doc Rivers already. Like, it's just... I mean, there may not be something more satisfactory to me, Blazers fan, than watching Damian Lillard have to put up with Doc Rivers giving the ball to Giannis down three. There's no way they can win now, right? No, there's definitely a way they can still. I, I mean, I know we all are ready to jump on Doc and he's not going to be able to get it done, but it's very, very early. Let, let's let him at least get five to ten games under his belt before we bury him. 
It's it, think about the Clippers. James, how did you even go get this guy? You guys aren't serious. The Clippers are they're, they're the Clippers are going to Clipper, and then all of a sudden, the Clippers are the best team in the league, damn near. So let let Doc get a little time to get his stuff in order and and figure out how he wants to run his rotations and play defense for Milwaukee and see how it shakes in a little bit. That's why I think it was so imperative that if you were going to make a move, get Adrian Griffin out of here now before the break, get Doc in there, and let him have a little bit of runway to get things sorted. Same thing with Phoenix. They're starting to get a little bit of runway and get a couple things figured out where they've been playing a lot better. And you, got, you it's a, you just got to – in any in any sport, basketball, you need the time. You need the chemistry. Look at the Knicks. The chemistry is unbelievable. That's why they're having so much success. So give, give Doc a little bit of time, and let's see if he can turn it around. And then we can talk come playoff time. Sean, we got about two minutes left here in the segment. Uh, better chance that the Bulls actually move Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan or uh, Mikel Bridges actually gets moved at the deadline for a bunch of draft picks? Uh, look, I'm not expecting the Bulls to make any moves anytime soon. What, why, why would they make a move now? The, the, the Chicago Bulls are the kings of holding on to assets till they're not worth anything, then moving them. I honestly think and believe that it's just a director from up top from Jerry Reinsdorf and ownership that just make the playoffs. We'll make a little bit of extra money. And that's, that's what they want to do. That's why they're always holding on to these assets. They're not trying to build an actual winner that can compete in the East. I don't care what they say live. I don't care what they say on a podcast. I don't, I don't care what press release it, it, the, the, the notes in the press release. It's clear that they just want to hang around the seven and eight seed in the NBA. Guys, let's have a zoom out on the Chicago Bulls. If if they, if they don't hit an absolute miracle on ping pong balls and draft Derrick Rose, since Jordan left, they're the Charlotte Hornets. They're no different. They're the Orlando Magic. They make the they make the playoffs here and there, but they've been a bottom dweller for years now in the East. And no, so I don't expect them to make a move. I expect I would I would guess. Bridges gets moved before the Chicago Bulls actually stand on something and make a move to try to improve the roster. They believe they could sneak into the seven or the eight and make the playoffs, scratch a little money together for Reinsdorf in the first round, and then keep it moving, and then lie to everybody in, in, in press conferences that they're going to do this and do that, and then try to do the same thing the next year with a, an overall mediocre group. It's been the, the team has been screaming to make a move for years now, and they flat out haven't done it. So I don't know why they would – I'm, I'm not holding my breath that they'll get one done in the next couple of weeks. It's crazy the way you describe the Bulls and the just fighting for like the eight seed was what we said about the Wizards for year after year after year before they finally decided to gut that thing. That's really what it comes down to in the NBA. you got to gut this thing, go down to the studs, and start all the way over. Sean Little, always good to talk to you, man. Appreciate the time. Thank you for having hey, me, squad. I'll talk to you guys soon. Man, I think he brings up a great point, too, without Derrick Rose. Again, like a lot of this, especially the lottery, is based on luck. I think we all can agree on that. Look at the Spurs and Tim Duncan. But, you know, without Derrick Rose and that run that the Bulls had, yeah, who knows where they could have been. It could have been, well, I guess the Knicks for the last, you know, two-plus decades at this point. We got more breaking NBA news. All-star reserves are being announced. Who they are next. Bet MGM tonight.